Hi everyone, just as a note before we start the episode, this episode is very spoiler heavy. There will be no spoiler section. Mike and I will talk about Jack Reacher Never Go Back. So you have been warned. So if you want to see the movie without it being spoiled, go watch the movie first and then check out the episode. If you don't care or if you've seen the movie, then go ahead and enjoy. And here's Mike to talk about Jack Reacher too. <laughs> Yay. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to Alright, hi everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So this week, we are taking a look at Jack Reacher Never Go Back after watching the first Jack Reacher earlier in the week. So uh, welcome, my co-host, who's back again. It's like you're you're on a real string here, Mike. So welcome back once again, Mike That's from War Machine vs. This Horse. will end right now. <laughs> you just got to hang up. <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> I just got angry. I just saw, you know, it was just like a uh, red when you mentioned, hey, earlier in the week we watched and talked about Jack Reacher 1. And here's Mike to talk about Jack Reacher 2. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh. I love the first film so much. Uh, so, yes, I'm greatly disappointed in this offering. Yeah, I, wow. This this movie, like, I kind of don't know where to start other than I'm convinced that the director of this movie, Edward Zwick, who is not exactly... Uh, one of my favorite directors, certainly. Uh, I'm not sure he watched the first Jack Reacher. Like, there is nothing recognizable here. The tone is completely off and completely different. Even the character of Jack Reacher is not who who I remember. What about you? What was your reaction to the film? Well, I don't remember sitting during the first one with the badass uh, car chase with Jack Reacher talking shit in a bar to instigate a fight which he knows is going to happen anyway, just to get it over with. Like, let's just get down to business. I don't remember thinking, man, wouldn't it be awesome if he had a teenage daughter that constantly did stupid shit to, I guess, bring this God back down to earth like the rest of us. That's what's missing in this film. Even in the, uh, you know, the, the fight scene you get, uh, Jack Reacher is treated as someone who's trying to overcome the odds, which is dramatically different from the tone of the first film you allude to, where he is just, uh, I don't know, a walking fist. <laughs> right. To, and they make, and if down. you look at the trailer for this movie, that's what they set you up for is the walking fist. Like it really feels like, oh, we're like, he's, he's quipping in the trailer. He's punching in the trailer. He's shooting in the trailer. And we're like, okay, somebody, at least the person who cut the trailer understood what Jack Reacher was about. Well, Unfortunately, a big, a big fan of the first. One. Yeah, yeah. But no one else was like, it was just even, even Tom Cruise, who I usually like in most things, like this was not an enjoyable performance from him at all. It just, he wasn't as sharp, he wasn't as funny, he wasn't as tough, he was just kind of like your standard, not even, he was less than your standard action hero in this movie. You didn't feel that him and uh, Smolders had, uh, you know, chemistry? Just wasn't God, just, God just bless hotness her. Like, on the screen? <laughs> she tried so hard, like, I, I genuinely felt bad for her in this movie, because there is a, 
there's a particular argument between her and Jack Reacher where she kind of because she works in the military and talks about how poorly she's been treated by men in the military and everything in that scene was so forced and so self-serious and she had to say these lines with a straight face because I don't think her performance was bad I think she was actually one of the better things about the movie but everything around her was so hard to watch that even when she had her good moments I found myself rolling my eyes she uh she was the most Zwickian character in this film. You talk about self serious. Welcome to an Edward Zwick film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I blame Christopher McQuarrie for this. Like, <laughs> like he was. I don't blame. He's the screenwriter. He was the director of the first one, and so you take him out of this equation, and you're missing a lot. Well, I didn't realize that it had been almost four years since yeah. the first Jack Reacher, which I guess was uh kind of a leggy box office hit. Like, you know, it didn't yep. open huge. I think this one opened better. This will be the uh, opposite. This will have zero legs yeah. because everyone yeah, I've which, talked I mean, to hated it. Like, <laughs> and, and to be fair, even if it had been, let's just say as good as hey. the other one, uh, the competition is a little bit different in December when you just roll through January where everyone plays catch up with the December right. offerings. Well, if we wanted uh, to chase the box office, Mike, we should have watched uh, Medea. Because that's the big box office hit this week. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, is Halloween. I was Boo. Lamenting. <laughs> I was lamenting how long it had been since the Jack Reacher film, which is really, I guess, in uh, you know, ten years ago, would not have been that long. But now it's like if you have a successful film, you better have another one out two years later to yeah. sort of keep that that fan base going. Uh, that's, I guess, why I don't blame McQuarrie because he kind of moved up from Jack Reacher oh, to yeah. work with Cruz and Mission Impossible, and it was, I guess, right during the post-production phase of uh, Mission Impossible that the, Tom Cruise went to start shooting this. So really he was not given the opportunity. I did read an interview where he said he would have loved to come back to it, but oh, they missed a huge up. opportunity. Now, I don't know how much he would have helped. He would have helped tonally. It would have been a more fun film. It would have been uh, a different script dialogue. though. Like <laughs> this movie would well, not have gone for it as is. Yeah. I think there's 20 of these damn books or close to it. There's gotta uh, be Jack one Richard. other good one. <laughs> this is not it. Yeah. Uh, this feels like, you know, this feels like the 18th, 19th or 20th book. Whatever. Yeah. It feels like we've run out of ideas for Jack Reacher. Let's throw a kid in here. Right. I mean, that's actually what I was thinking during the movie is because to me, in a lot of ways, he's he's a bit rougher around the edges than this, but he's a little bit like an American James Bond where, you know, he's got a mission and there's always like kind of a beautiful woman next to him and he never loses, right? Like he might get trapped, he might get captured, but you know he's going to find his way out of it. And then like 10 movies down the line, you throw in like, oh, he got married and then his wife was killed. Like you have Honor Majesty's Secret Service. But in this, like this is the second movie. Like, can we just get used to Jack Reacher as a character? Can we just enjoy how fun this is? No, let's, let's throw in like, like maybe he had a do- like it sounds like a pitch room uh script like what if he was jack reacher well, but he had a kid like <laughs> it sounds like you know they uh, started in on this or the conception of the sequel uh with uh, skyfall in mind like mm-hmm. let's really delve into maybe the history of jack reacher no one cares no but, one cares so you bring up james bond also is I no think, history here that's the thing i think this is the television version of the incredible hulk he's yeah. the hulk who travels from town that. to town and cannot be stopped. <laughs> if, if his rage is unleashed on a particular target, then it's over for them. And I really, the Smolters character is, you know, one step forward, two steps back as far as their allusion to her problems as, I guess, the, you know, the fair sex in a very masculine dominated world. And she's, she's great right. as far as the action sequences and all that's required of her. Yeah. The action sequences themselves are not that good. 
But then you introduce a daughter character who does all the stupid things that a damsel in distress normally does. Like, Ugh. and it's interesting because she's the younger one. And uh, this is a shout out to uh, Hiro from True Bromance. And I actually covered this. Can't this be good. <laughs> well, I covered this on True Bromance, and I had this thought in mind. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to give him this pleasure of mentioning <laughs> one of his favorite films. So he better be listening to your show to get this. I thought of Chef uh, because I watched it recently, and in that. You have a kid that tags along with a dad who's a professional cook. They don't have the kid suddenly being a better chef than him. <laughs> but what they do is saying, okay, he's part of the younger generation. He knows about technology. That's that's what he can add to this. Right. Jack Reacher does the opposite with a damn teenager who doesn't seem to understand that a stolen credit card will probably be flagged. Once she knows she stole. Or that <laughs> cell phones can be tracked, you know, like after, after she has witnessed, you know, these two people she cares for being murdered in their homes and is, is like hiding in a cabinet, she just keeps her cell phone because she wants to text and Snapchat. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, okay, that's unfair to this character. It's not, you know, based on these sort of reality, which just is an extreme situation. But I feel like having her not understanding how modern technology works made no sense given she is of a younger generation. Jack Reacher should be the one not really understanding right, what he doesn't modern care. is. <laughs> Can I, I mean, punch it? That's all that matters. We should have seen him uh, punch the phone. I don't. I didn't like that he just threw it out the window. Yeah. I want to see him cry. It like or something. just punch it, and it's just a cloud of dust. Like that's that's what I was looking for. Yeah, and the other thing this movie is missing is a villain who uh, has has any screen presence whatsoever. Like in the first one, like we had Werner Herzog, who's great. Uh, in in the original Jack Reacher, and in this, like Jack Courtney, who you want to see killed? Well, yeah, which is perfect. Like he's <laughs> he's the perfect villain for Jack Reacher to go against because you know this guy has no hope of beating him, so you know you're going to watch Jack Courtney die. Which I and we all hate him. Yeah, I every want that in every planet, movie. Jack Courtney's mother hates yes. him, so we won't see him die. <laughs> yeah, I want that in every movie, every comedy. It doesn't matter. Just throw throw a Jack Courtney death scene in there. But in this movie, like it's just this kind of cavalcade of villains that you don't care about like there's like four or five of them and they all kind of blend together they're all kind of military types you know and it just and none of them has any sort of lasting moment on the screen and if you have a movie like that you damn sure better have jack reacher have every quip in the book ready so you so you don't care about that fact but because because in this movie jack reacher isn't really jack reacher and you don't have these villains that matter, then there's just these long lulls in the movies, like 20 or 30 minutes where you just stop caring. And I honestly, if I hadn't been with my wife watching this movie, I would have left. Like, this is a walkout yeah, worthy I, I movie. I felt the same way. Yeah. yeah, I was I was mad that I actually went with a buddy because oh. people don't really have that quick trigger that I do. And right. I, I, got I sort by. Of got it. As soon as the... <laughs> As soon as they uh, they throw the folder down saying, Reacher, you're a deadbeat dad. I was like, uh, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Get me out of here. <laughs> Same reaction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the daughter played by Danica Yarosh. I don't know how to say her name because uh, she's we'll a nobody. <laughs> she was on uh, Heroes Reborn, Shameless, Law and Order. So uh, this Ooh. is the invasion of the cheapo TV actors. Right. And that's, <laughs> that's what you get when you have Colby Smolders as your second lead in this <laughs> A lot of star power and it's a real one. shame because I think Kobe Smulders is actually good. Like, you know, I mean, you're a big fan of this movie, but I would recommend everybody go and watch Results uh, from oh, last year, which is that. just fantastic. Oh, let's talk about <laughs> so speaking of, let's Jack talk Reacher, about that. 
I was when we were in the theater. I I leaned over to my wife and I was like, I just want to watch The Accountant again. Like, and I just I want to watch an action movie that's fun. This is not fun. There's nothing about this is that that there's nothing about this movie that's enjoyable. It it's like a slog to get through. Our our mutual friend Hiro texted both of us and said like, this is the comedy of the year because it's so ridiculous. I didn't have that reaction. Like, I didn't laugh. I didn't. It's not smirk. that good. It's not yeah. that entertaining to be the comedy of the year. Yeah, exactly. Like it just the whole thing is really painful. Like I don't I don't need a movie like this to fill in all the plot holes. I don't need it to be incredibly smart, but I do need it to be fun and entertaining. And there's like maybe there may be one or two moments in the entire film that qualify as fun. And the rest of it is just like, please just make it stop. Yeah, the beginning and the end. That's what qualified as fun for me. <laughs> See, I okay, did have a beer in my let's hand. talk about the beginning. So this is one thing that really pissed me off. Okay, so in the trailer, we have this scene where, you know, he talks to the dirty cop and says, like, two things are going to happen. This phone's going to ring and you're going to leave in these cuffs. And you have all these bodies of these guys that he's he's kicked their ass outside outside of the restaurant, right? And I thought, okay, that's a great trailer moment. That means in the movie we get to see this fight, right? Nope. We get nothing. We get exactly that trailer moment. And it is kind of a James Bond moment where it like kind of starts you off and here's your little action sequence and then we'll get to the real story. But we don't get to see the action sequence. And I was just like, Zwick, will you stop it? Like, this is why we're here. This isn't The Last Samurai. Like, calm down and let's actually have a fun action movie. I think you uh, can go back on that uh, previous statement. We can revise it and just put Zwick, can you stop it? And it can be anything. <laughs> Breathing. <Just> life. <laughs> Forget about work. Forget about directing. Just stop. Stop everything. It's it's painful. I think most movies I can think of, like you on your show on War Machine vs. Warhorse a while ago used to do uh, this little segment that was like, give me three good things about this movie. And I can't think of any. Like this was hard well, yeah, for me to watch. Well, then 2016 happened, and we stopped doing that. <laughs> I mean, this was. I mean, I did walk out of this movie thinking like 2016 major release does it again. Like I just, I thought this was going to be the one where I was like, okay, at least this lived up to expectations. Like I was sure of it, and then like our big surprise this year has been the accountant. That's the one that stuck out as being better than expected. Whereas this is so much worse than expected. The accountant will give you probably all of the. Uh, dumb fun that the first Jack Reacher gave you. So, I mean, there, there's yeah. really nothing similar as far as our main characters, but uh, I would say tonally, you know, that if you had to shelve the movies, they would be right next to each other as far as the, the mood you're going to be in when you're watching them. Yeah, this movie sucks. Um, results is awesome. <laughs> and uh, Guy Pierce is great. You should check that out. I believe it's still on Netflix. It, yeah. Um, and don't if waste it's not, your time. Why are you wasting it. your time with this podcast? That's what I want Hey, hey, edit. Why are, We're going to edit that out. <laughs> This is the only good thing to come out of Jack Reacher Never Go Back. And we are not good enough. (laughs) Don't put that pressure on me. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not really even sure what else to talk about because there is some – there is a spoiler thing. Okay, go ahead. Deep Blue Sea is uh, on sale for (laughs) $6.99 on iTunes today. Now that is a great purchase. (laughs) That's not a joke. I'm not being sarcastic. I, that is one of my right favorite my movies. <laughs> <laughs> that should tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> I also felt like all these – this movie also, like as far as what's going to happen in the movie, it's pretty heavily te- telegraphed. Like, you know, there's there's a whole sequence with 
with our, you know, our idiot girl being trained by Colby Smulders character on like how to get out of a certain hold and how to how to escape. And you just know that's going to come up again. And when it does come up, that scene is so telegraphed that, again, it's like the recurring theme here is I don't care. Like you just stop caring. You don't care about any of these characters. You don't. I mean, there were moments in this movie where I was like, if they shot Jack Reacher, I would feel nothing because this is like taking so many steps back from the first movie. Well, no, the mystery is not interesting either. Uh, well, the that's the great thing the about the film. first one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This one, I couldn't even tell you, having seen it, really, it's like, okay, there's some uh, theft or, you know, <laughs> there's some money being oh, moved so around. Dumb. With this I remember dealer. it, and it's so dumb. I can't even, like, it's like uh, guys, like, it, it Look looks like. Look inside the rocket launchers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like something out of an action movie like in 1984 like we've we've taken no steps forward like it's just are there no drug dogs in this world i don't understand (laughs) how are are opiates being spoiler alert and who cares that's the other spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) i'm not you know what i'm not even gonna throw the little like spoiler but i'm just gonna label the episode spoilers because i can't imagine (laughs) look i cannot imagine i have a pretty high opinion of myself let's be real but i cannot imagine anyone listening to this who either hasn't seen the movie or gives a shit about seeing the movie. Like, <laughs> I don't think we're ruining anything for people with uh, spoiling the end of this movie. Basically, the whole idea is, like, they don't understand why they would try to get in trouble with, with selling anything else because they have this huge Department de- uh, Department of Defense contract, right? Ends up they're smuggling drugs inside the weapons. Like, that's the big, the big reveal. And it... The moment it happens when <laughs> Jack Reacher – it was like a little bit of a Jack Reacher moment where he like just very calmly walks up and dumps it out like very matter-of-factly and then kind of walks away. But the reveal of it is so pointless and you so don't care by that point that it's almost laughable. Uh, I agree with the don't care at that point. <laughs> Oh man, sorry. So speaking of spoilers, we have to talk about the last scene in this movie because it or the the kind of scenes leading up to the end of the film because it's some of the worst film I've seen all year, which is saying something. Like it's bad enough that we have like, what if Jack Reacher had a kid? That's already terrible. Like already as a plot starting point is stupid and nobody cares. But then you have this like almost tearful moment at the end of the film where she's saying goodbye to Jack Reacher and like runs into his arms and gives him a hug. And I was like, what fucking movie? This looks like the end of Con Air. This is not fucking Jack Reacher. Hey, hey you take <laughs> that back. <laughs> no, but it, it fits in Con Air because he has a family and he gives a shit about somebody. Jack Reacher doesn't care. He's not supposed to care. Like this, this moment, it does not work. And then, you know, her texting him as he's hitchhiking away. Do you miss me yet? Like, oh, this has to stop. Like, and with the music swelling. You didn't swelling, want to see uh, Jack Reacher oh. uh, start to discover emojis. You didn't <laughs> want to see that. This is one step away Snapchatting in this movie his from daughter. That. Yeah, it's, oh my God, it's so bad. And this is a man who, like, constantly goes on the run. Like, why would you think that he would continue a relationship with this person or text back? To this, this doesn't make any sense for the character we've set up in the first film. I know what to get for old not dad for Christmas this year. <laughs> Someone who uh, hitchhikes uh, across the great U.S. because he doesn't want to have any sort of uh, car payment or register anything. Uh, has no home. 
has no friends. Let's get him a cell phone. <laughs> That's, that's, that's what the just guy what he was. Like, did you learn anything from this movie? They tracked your cell phone earlier in the movie. You are putting Jack Reacher in danger. What is wrong with you? This fucking kid. I also really liked that they introduce uh, uh, people partying in uh, New Orleans. Uh, hello, I guess, uh, tax credits. Filming oh, tax for credits. sure. Always end up in New Orleans. Um, they're in costume and mask, and you get this girl who looks out her balcony and sees the killers coming for her. She then wants to confirm by going to the steps, getting closer to them to <laughs> hear and I guess see them beat up or accost a man at the front desk and then uh, doesn't go out into the streets. And I thought like, OK, she's going to grab a costume or right. like, you know, uh, and not to be, you know, not to offend anyone here, but OK, a, a young teenage blonde going out into a party. I'm sure we could have seen her ask for someone. Hey, can I borrow that mask? No you know, problem. Dude, let me flirt with you. Because right. don't they, they even introduce that she goes out on the streets and she's yep. like you know I can I can work you know people over I can I can judge like guys who uh, always wanted to have like a younger sister or imagine me as their younger sister and want to like be protective no she doesn't go out in the street she climbs a rooftop by herself <laughs> the, okay the so the best part about this chase sequence is she finds like three amazing hiding places. And then decides to leave all three of them to continue this chase. Like, stay on the, stay on the float. Uh, stay under the steps where no one fucking saw you. Like, it just, none of it made sense. And they didn't even go as far to have somebody find her. And then, okay, then you have to run again. Fine. Like, actually write it into the script. Like, this, this script, this story, this direction, everything about this movie just screams lazy. And it was one of the, like you said, the first movie had these legs where, you know, it started kind of small, but it just stayed in theaters. It stayed in theaters. And people slowly went and saw it. And they thought, like, well, this made some fucking money. I guess we should make make a sequel. Uh, we can't get Macquarie because he's busy doing good movies. So uh, I guess we'll... coming back. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll just make a, you know, a shitty sequel. And it's all so lazy and so haphazard and such a waste of my, waste of my time, let alone their time. I don't know what the budget was on this one. Do you? I can't imagine it's higher. I don't. I mean, not with the the set pieces, not with the actors involved. Okay. There's uh, like no set think- pieces. But was this just a good piece of business for them? It may have, you know, killed the franchise. Uh, but you know, they didn't, short term. They didn't do the. Uh, there, there was an article by Scott Mendelson who writes for Forbes on box office coverage, and yep. he sort of lamented uh, the muted response to the Star Trek Beyond movie, which we both liked, yeah. saying that they had they had tried to go bigger with the action sequences, and that you know it wouldn't be seen as a misfire if they had just kind of kept it more contained, and all the elements would still work. Everybody likes the cast. They like the quips. Uh, here, <laughs> they just kind of punted everything. I don't know if you know good dialogue costs that much, but they should have rang up Christopher McQuarrie from the set and saying, "Okay, what would you do? You punch this up <laughs> a little bit." Yeah, actually, I just looked. Both of these movies had the exact same budget, which was sixty million dollars. Okay. So, so all right, so they're they're gonna make a, a you know a nice buck on this one. They didn't they didn't really bet big on this franchise exploding further. Um. So I don't know, but I, I I really puts a third one in doubt. I don't know. I can't imagine uh, they'll make a third one. Like yeah, yeah. It's just it's a bad movie in a year of in a year of pretty bad movies as far as major releases. This one actually stood out to me as being kind of exceptional in its badness. Like I was not pleased for this entire movie. I actually was getting glare. I could feel the glare from my wife. Uh, and she's still angry at me about this movie. Her exact words Good. were you deserve it. <laughs> her exact words were, "See, I can shift this blame on you. Watch, watch this, watch this mental gymnastics." So she told me, "If you hadn't made me watch the first one, I wouldn't know it was good, and then I wouldn't be watching this piece of shit." 
were her exact words. And I was hmm. like, yeah, I feel the same way about Mike. He's the one who told me to watch the first one. So really, this is on you, buddy. This is your fault. Uh, I, I'm going to say Zwick. I think, I think your listeners. <laughs> that is your will, trump card. That's just yeah. Zwick. Zwick, please stop. That's that's what you should go with for for this entire movie. Uh, so if you haven't seen this movie and you are thinking about it, stop thinking about it. Go watch almost literal, literally anything else. Don't watch this. <laughs> There's an awful lot of shit this year, Dave. <laughs> I, yeah, but like if you take a look at what you expected out of this and what you got. There's a huge gap there. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could say I'd rather go see Inferno, because that looks pretty fucking uh, awful. No, what? it's just a blonde. I mean, you just take the shot, whatever. I've not seen it, so right. I hope it's better. I don't know. I, I know I'd rather see it than experience never go back again. So I totally agree. All right, uh, anything coming up on War Machine versus Warhorse? Uh, not Jack Reacher too. We uh, we skipped that one. <laughs> Dodge that fucking bullet. I think. Uh, a, <laughs> couple uh, i think you know a couple things this week since i was so lazy this summer i recorded uh one for captain fantastic a while ago when it was coming out on blu-ray soon yeah coming out on blu-ray this week uh so i did one of those and we did a uh, vigo mortensen triple feature with him actually living off the grid jack reacher in uh (laughs) history of violence like you and your stupid kid and your fucking cell phone Yeah, if you want to look at, uh, I guess we could look at uh, better fathers in in those performances in History of Violence in the Road. There you uh, go. <laughs> for me, I I would I would have had a little bit of my own history of violence with that kid from the road, oh. but we'll save that for the episode. <laughs> you can find that on uh, followingfilms.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, I am at War Machine Horse. If you want to blame me instead of Edward Zwick for Jack Reacher too. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break and then bring in Britt for Fangirl Fixation. This is Chris Maynard. I'm host of the following films podcast. Every week I discuss a current release with one of the creative forces behind the film. Whether it's Giles Nutkins talking hell or high water, Leah Thompson discussing her work on Trouble with the Truth, or Jeremy Sandy chatting about his work on Deepwater Horizon. You can find our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place you find podcasts. Even better yet, you can go to followingfilms.com. Check out our latest episode, get some film news, reviews, and all sorts of goodness. Uh, that was my son, Jacob. He says hello, and he really wants you to check out the show. All right, welcome back. Now it's time for Fangirl Fixation with Britt. Say hello, Britt. Hello, Britt. Uh, anything you want to talk about before we jump into the only two movies that are uh, wide-releasing this week? How about the fact that you and Fried Chicken let me down hardcore? Oh, about uh, Jack Reacher never go back? Yep. Do you want to give your... Uh, your, you know, couple thoughts on... I wanted to walk out, but I didn't think Dave would follow me. You know, it's funny. I just finished recording uh, with Fried Chicken, as you so lovingly call my co-host Mike, and I said, if Britain hadn't been, hadn't been with me, I would have walked out. So we were God thinking the same it. thing. <laughs> was I not? Was I being too subtle with my signals? <laughs> that your glare? <laughs> and the several times that I'm, I'm shooting myself and... and- and literally turning to me and saying, this is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anything else? Don't watch that movie. Yeah, don't. Really don't I, watch it. If you liked the first movie, don't special. watch that movie. Like, even if you, like, yeah, even if you haven't seen that movie, still don't watch this also, movie. Also, just go watch the first one. Watch yeah, the first yeah, one watch again. the first one. The first one was good. Um, and, like, have me have hope in action movies. Yep, no more. And now I'm really scared that John Wick's going to be in a pink tutu, so you know. No, John Wick's going to be great. I have no doubt. 
All right, so we have, as I mentioned, just two movies coming out this week, mm-hmm. and one of them I'm really happy to talk about, because that means <laughs> I don't have to fucking talk about this anymore, and I don't have to watch the goddamn trailers. So what movie am I talking about, Britt? Inferno! Yes, Inferno, uh, based on Dan Brown's book, I guess. It's in the same series as... <laughs> I guess. <laughs> why don't, I actually don't remember where the book series ended. Like, I know he oh, wrote know. The Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, and this is, I think, the third one of these fucking horrible movies. Because uh, even the first one wasn't any good. So this, this of course, again, stars Tom Hanks as an actor who's cashing a paycheck. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and also, it's good to have you back, Professor. Yeah, yeah and also Felicity Jones uh, playing kind of his cohort, I guess. Uh, sidekick. She's a sidekick. She is. She is she's, she's the tits in the movie. That's all it is. So, and they're uh, not really big either. So what do you think about this, uh, this trailer? Look, look good? Want to see it? By yourself? I, I like fucking watch. It. I like every time this trailer comes on because then I just watch Dave's reactions uh, the whole time. The worst. It's gotten to the point that if we even walk past a poster for this movie, he starts having convulsions. It's great. Yeah, like I, I think the only one that beats out his reactions for this movie is Split. Yeah, yeah. In Split, there's like a genuine reason. Like I, you mean like how it's a master of psychology that's uh, <laughs> diagnosing so that she has over thirty personalities. Anyway. So much, yeah. That trailer, it's that trailer is definitely a case of like I know too much, like I know too much about psychology. Oh, we're split. Oh, yeah, we're, split. we're getting off topic. But yeah, anyways, Inferno. So, so Inferno. I mean, basically, I guess the plot is Dante's Inferno wasn't just a story; it was a virus. I guess is what they're saying. It's a prophecy. Yeah, I just like, uh, and you know, fuck you. I've read Dante's Inferno. Like, don't don't shit on this great piece of literature by oh, no. including it in fucking. Dan Brown. I actually took a class that was only on three um, works, and one of them was Dante's Inferno. So we spent there's a lot there. We spent about three weeks on this. So I like I get offended seeing this. Yeah, like that the whole depiction of the they're in the wrong order. I'm like, stop it. Yeah, really. And honestly, like I think Tom Hanks and Felicity Jones are both really good actors, but you would never know it in these trailers. No, like it looks. Bad. Really bad. Like, it looks like a B-movie. And Ron Howard directed it. Like, it's not like there's no one talented involved in these movies. Just everybody's given up. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, I think what happened is The Da Vinci Code was this huge worldwide sensation as a book, right? By the time the movie came out, I think it had died down a little and it became a little bit of a mockery of itself. Mm. So the first movie, like, it made a bunch of money. but I like remember. But as far as, like, critical reception, it didn't do that well and a lot of people didn't like it that much, like as long as, uh, as far as like general audience. And then Angels and Demons came out, and that dipped, and this is going to dip even further. And please let this be the end, is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I have zero, I have, can you have less than zero interest? Can you have negative interest in a movie? Because that's where well, I'm Well, I mean, at. The negatives are in math, so. <sighs> okay, let's move on. All right, so the second movie, and the movie we will be covering on the show, is American Pastoral. Uh, which is based on a book by Philip Roth that actually won the Pulitzer Prize. And I just finished reading it, actually. And it's fantastic. It's a great book. Um, the the kind of story behind the movie, as far as this goes, is originally this movie had a director named Philip Noyce, who's the guy who directed... You would know him because he directed Salt. That's oh, okay. like the movie you would know. But he apparently like changed his mind or left the project. So Ewan McGregor, who was cast as our main character, as the Swede... He is now directing and starring in the movie. So this is, and he's never directed. 
All before. I know is that trailer's kind of a shit show for telling you what the movie's about. Yeah, there's nothing in there about, like, what it's actually I was about. really confused. It seemed like it was three different stories that were getting mashed up into one trailer. See, and this is why, this is one of the many reasons why, as I, as I read the book, I became filled with this sense of dread mm. uh, about this movie. Like, this can't be filmed. Right. Like, this, there are things that work in a literary piece of work that don't work on film. Yeah, the insights that you're able to get. Yeah, the insights you get. Even some visuals. Like, you're like, oh, that's so cool. But if you would ever see it on a screen, you'd be like, oh, that's underwhelming. Or that doesn't that doesn't really fit with how I thought because it can look foolish. Um, but in a book, like in your imagination, that works. And this movie, it's not – I mean, I don't want to go in with such a negative attitude. But there's almost no way this is going to well, be Well, at least you're ripping off the Band-Aid fast, though. Because now it's actually local to us and you don't have to go 80 miles to oh, go yeah. see Oh, yeah. Originally, it. I thought I was going to have to drive to San not, Francisco not to see it. Not 80 miles. It's like 50 No, to 80 70. miles is, is all the way out to my parents. So it's, yeah. It's, yeah. So uh, at least it'll be local. So yeah. that's good. Um, I don't know. I, I'm i curious to see what Ewan McGregor does with it as far as being a director. Because he's never, to my knowledge, like, I mean, he's probably dabbled in it like done some short stuff or worked very closely with other directors but this is the first feature-length film and you're trying to adapt a Pulitzer Prize winning novel yeah that's that's I mean essentially it's about this family but it's really about the it's about a decade like it's a huge story and it jumps from time to time like it goes forward 10 years then back eight years i mean it's all oh, over the God. place i hate that stuff in movies so, so you be the guinea pig you tell me if i should even yeah. bother with it so what i guess will happen is that it, they'll just take it in uh in order they won't jump back and forth they'll just like rearrange it so it goes in order and it'll be really underwhelming and really simple narratively and it probably won't work like it's just yeah you know and the other thing is I really like Ewan McGregor. Like I'll watch him in just about anything, but this character he's playing is supposed to be this kind of, we talked about this off mic, this kind of yeah. blank, like American stereotype. And he like, doesn't the athletic, the big, all. he's, you know, I was talking to Mike about this and he was just like, he's too expressive. Like Ewan McGregor, even when he's not portraying anything, like you're just like, you can see the smile behind, you can see the smirk almost there. His, right. You know, his eyes light up when he connects with the camera. And that's not what this character should be. And just physically, that's not what he should be. Because he's little. He is He's little. not like a three-sport star. Like, he's that's not a corn-fed boy. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's, that sounds more of like what this is supposed to be. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested more than excited, I guess. Hmm. Like, I'm interested to see what they do with it. But I don't have like this great hope that it's going to be like an Oscar-winning movie. Um, so as you watch the trailer, like other than confusion, what did you get from it? Like what, like if if you didn't have me to kind of tell you like this is what it's about. Well, you like, didn't, you didn't when I first watched yeah, it. Because I hadn't started had, reading had, it. Yeah. I finished. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It just left me with that feeling of like, so that happened. Like that's a movie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was an interesting way that they were trying to like not have dialogue but then kind of add it in here and there randomly yeah. I, if that's even in that choice it's like go one way or the other yeah i think there's a real art to making trailers and there's many trailers that don't say enough and many trailers that say too much and you've got to hit that middle and they definitely didn't hit it i mean they went they didn't give me a reason to watch this right right like unless you really like the actors involved in it there's like no reason to run out and see it or if you've read the book those are the only reasons right so yeah, so that's the movie we're covering. Uh, we'll also be pairing it with a, another movie uh, that had a actor as a first-time director. 
Um, so that'll be the connection there. So we're watching Gone Baby Gone uh, for that, which I think you watched bits and pieces of while I was watching it. The one about the kid who got kidnapped? No, I watched the whole thing. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah. Any any thoughts leading into it? What did you think of the movie? Good, bad, indifferent? Um, it was it was good, but it was one of those movies where like where it ended was odd for me. Oh, sure. That's not where I was expecting it to go. Yeah. Um, but I liked the journey up to the end. Like okay. I like like how it felt. Though, why do the Affleck's keep doing Boston movies? Because they're from Boston. But, <laughs> but can they do other things? They do do other things. Do do. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Ben Affleck directed Argo. That's I still don't see story. Casey Affleck as being case. Like I don't see the face face thing. <laughs> you don't see the family resemblance. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Jesus, you need a nap. <laughs> I do. I've been rhinestoning all I day. I think it's it's hard for me to say whether there is or not because I've always connected the two of them because the first thing I saw both of them in was Goodwill Hunting. Um, I didn't even know he was in that. Yeah. He's, okay, this is how much I don't pay attention, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So both of the brothers were in that, so I just like, that's my connection to them oh. automatically, so I just see them as related. Because so that whole movie is Dave's like life goal. I think I achieved it. At least I'm uh, not dead. Jesus. <laughs> you think my goal is to kill you? I'm just saying. My goal like, is to have a dead wife so I can say to someone, my wife is dead. Yeah, I think kind of. <laughs> wow. That's, you ever uh, going to find anybody else? My wife is dead. My wife that is, that dead. is totally Dave. Like we've, we've gone over oh, yeah. it more than once I'm out now. of the game. If you leave, I'm out of the game. If I leave. Dumb. Such polite way of saying if I kick it. Well, yeah, that's much more polite. Kick it. Yes. <laughs> All right, anything to add before we close up the episode? Um, no. no. No? Okay. All right, so that's it for uh, for our episode. And the next time you hear me, as I mentioned, I'll be doing an episode on Gone Baby Gone. So until then, I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you for what you There's no tenderness like grief in your fingertips. All right, let's uh, let's talk about this. I guess Here we go again. Thank you, 2016. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, as an audience member, I was like, "Could you just shut up, Jesus Christ? Like, put the Nazi back on there so I can listen to someone reasonable." <laughs> I'm so glad this is recording. It'll be like yeah. totally out of place, but that'll be the. I'll make yeah. that the opening. <laughs> A little preview for denial. <laughs> There's no welcome look in your eyes when I reach for you.